Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, everyone. Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Asha Supaya. She is an award-winning entrepreneur, a philanthropist, and a business scaling and sales consultant. Welcome, Asha. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me, Brad. I'm so excited to be here and just doing really well, thanks. Well, I'm very excited to have you here as well. I know that you and I have been talking about getting this done for quite some time now, so it's actually really nice to finally have you here, and I am so excited to jump in and discuss all the beautiful things you're bringing out into the world and all the amazing work you're doing. So let's jump right in. So Asha, you are a multi-passionate serial entrepreneur focused on helping female entrepreneurs to lead authentically. You run three businesses and you've been making your name for yourself in male-dominated industries for over 20 years. You are one hell of a powerhouse with such an extensive resume. So I'm curious, Asha, how important is prioritization and organization to you and how do you stay on top of all the things, Asha? (laughs) Well, first of all, thank you so much for saying (laughs) such kind things about me. But yeah, prioritization, organization are so, so important in my life. So I'm a very organized person. I know exactly what I need to do when I need to do it. So I really couldn't live without my schedule. So I really prioritizing what I do every single day, like what are my goals for the day, getting them done. You know, when you're running multiple businesses, you really have to know what you're doing when, and you really can't let the balls drop, right? Because people are depending on you. So I, I really take organization and prioritization seriously. And I think that's how I really align my life. And to me, it's quite important. Yeah. Is time blocking something that you practice? Yes, I do that a lot. So, I mean, for example, like when I'm doing creative work, so even having like a half a day, purely blocked to for do that creative work without having any like you know calls or anything within that it's so important and just like even I'll have blocked days off even just for working in a specific business so I really like to work in extended periods of time so I definitely block periods off throughout the day whole days off you know even sometimes a week off just to focus on certain things so I'm very much about like that focused time right. working on a task so it really yeah. helps with their creativity and innovation and all those things. So it's super important. Absolutely. So I'm also very curious with you being a serial entrepreneur and wearing so many hats, what does your morning routine look like? Or do you even have one? Mm, such a great question. So morning routines are so, so important for me. Like I have been really honing in on mine. Like I'm really like, I'm constantly learning what works and pivoting it and improving it. And, but 
I'm really devoted to having a, a really, you know, it's kind of like my devoted time to myself that I think about my mornings. And I truly believe how you start your day is how your day will turn out. So I'm really, really, I'm really like keen on improving it constantly. So first of all, I always start off my day with brewing some coffee. Like I need my coffee. I love it and I can't live without it. So <laughs> that's the first thing. I make coffee every okay. single morning. Then I journal and I'll do incantations and I, I work on my beliefs and I do a lot of things like that. Like just really like I'm doing that journaling and working through a lot of things. And then I read out loud my goals, my life vision, my self-identity. And then next I will meditate. And then I follow that with exercise. And these are the things that I would say are non-negotiable for me in the morning. I sometimes will add in little things here and there okay. and I'll try different things. But these are my staples, right? These are the things that I'll do every single day without fail. And so, again, keeping with this serial entrepreneur theme, have you always had the entrepreneurial bug in you? And if so, where do you think that comes from for you? <laughs> Great question. So when I really think about it, I would say, well, so the one thing that's been consistent through my life is the drive to help others and make the world a better place. But I actually wasn't on the path right. to become an entrepreneur since a kid. Like I actually thought I was going to go into medicine and become a doctor. But I was, at the meantime, I was doing all of this stuff in water, like in, you know, creating my invention, in the, you know, water purification technology invention and doing other stuff that were helping other people. So I think like that was kind of the driving force. Like when I got my patent, when I was in university, that kind of like spurred me to say, okay, I really want to commercialize my technology. But entrepreneurship runs in my blood. So my mom is an entrepreneur. Like she has been running businesses my whole life. My grandparents are all entrepreneurs, both, you know, my grandpa is an entrepreneur. My grandma was an entrepreneur. Like they're all entrepreneurs. So I think like it's in my blood as well. So I've seen it, I've experienced it, but it wasn't necessarily <laughs> like I was like on that path. But the one thing was I was trying to help others and that turned into businesses right. right for me like that was like my goal was helping others I didn't actually think I wanted to do business at all but how do you help others it's yeah. through business it's through it's through running a nonprofit. it's through running businesses and that is what I ended up doing with my life <laughs> so it was kind of surprising but it was really on purpose right it was really on my path so it it kind of happened. I, would <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's it was in your family. So many entrepreneurs within your family. I think it was just probably a given. Mm -hmm. Definitely think so. <laughs> what lights you up or excites you the most about being an entrepreneur? Mm. So for me, what really lights me up the most is seeing the impact that I'm making. So everything I do in business is to make a difference. You know, whether that is giving people access to clean water or sanitation facilities, or whether that is helping women succeed in business, I love to see people empowered. Like that lights me up. You know, when I see someone yeah. believing in themselves and finally able to live the life, you know, that they dream of or that you know just just even like living a healthy life and surviving and succeeding and just living the drive they want that is everything to me to see people empowered that is what drives me completely and like that is my north star so that is really what i wake up every day <laughs> i love it what i what i wake up every single day thinking feeling and doing it's like how can i make people's lives better and that is where, <laughs> where i'm coming from beautiful
Now, on the flip side of that, what would you say is one of the most challenging parts about being an entrepreneur that you've found personally in your journey so far? Mm, Such a good question, Brad. So the most challenging part about being an entrepreneur for me was really dealing with everyone's opinion, right? So I have always been doing (laughs) innovative, outside the box sort of businesses, right? And you wouldn't believe the number of times people told me I was crazy or what I was doing was impossible or that I shouldn't reinvent the wheel. (laughs) But if I listened to all of that outside noise, I would never be where I am today and I would have never accomplished what I've accomplished today. So I think one of the most important things as an entrepreneur that you you can really learn is how to tune out all that noise. And instead, just go for your dreams, right? Believe in yourself, believe you can do it. Because if I listened to all the outside noise, I wouldn't be where I am today but that has been and continues to be you know like I'm always there's people are always giving their opinions and I like to learn and evolve but I also like to stick to my conviction for what it is I want to do and what the vision I'm seeing and what I want to accomplish and what I believe that I can do right and I think that some people you know people are always you know, they're doing what is within their understanding, right? But people are always pushing barriers and you need to really, you know, believe in yourself. I think that is so important. For sure. And, you know, that external noise, there's always going to be that external noise. People, like you said, saying, oh, you're crazy. What are you thinking? Why reinvent the wheel? On and on and on. Everybody's got an opinion about what you should be doing. It's a very tough process, especially when you're first starting out, I think. Mm-hmm. to tune that noise out and tune into yourself and not listen to people. Because when you're first starting out, you want help, you want advice, you want suggestions, but everybody's got a different idea of what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. So true. It's like, it's a really about like paying attention to kind of like your inner guide in a way where you're like, you're hearing people's opinions, you're yeah. taking it in, you're learning, but you're also you know, staying aligned with your vision, like, and, and it's, it's a balancing act in a way, right? It's really a balancing act. Cause it's like, for sure. what do you for take sure, in yeah. and what do you, what do you not take in? Right. And that, that is an art, that's a practice and you get better and better at that as you, yeah, as you evolve. Ab- yeah, absolutely. So what would you say, Asha, is one of the most valuable lessons or takeaways you've learned thus far in your entrepreneurial journey? For me, that would be believing in yourself no matter what. So it's like trusting yourself completely, right? That to me is everything. If you do not believe you are capable of doing something, you will not achieve it, right? It's like, you know, when they talk about, you know, breaking that four minute mile barrier, which was like people didn't think it was possible until Roger Bannister did it, right? And it's like nobody thought it was possible to do, um, you know, to do four right. minutes, you know, to do a mile in under four minutes. And it was like people thought it was impossible, but only if you believe in something and trust yourself that it's possible, can you achieve it? And I think that for me, learning to have that self-trust, when people said to me, Asha, it's impossible to invent, you know, a way to produce clean drinking water using the sun and seawater and make it efficient and make it, you know, not expensive. And people are like, you're, you know, you're just a little girl. You're just, who do you think you are? And like, (laughs) and they're like, the biggest minds in the world couldn't do it. Who do you think you are? Right. And to me, it was like, 
It's not that I thought I was better than them. I just thought there must be a way. And I believed in myself and that's how I did. And I think for me, like always trusting in myself has been like the thing that I've had to learn. Like, and it's been hard. It's been a journey, but I think that I'm so much better off now with all the lessons I've learned in terms of, you know, all the times I didn't trust myself. But I, I think that I've learned how to completely, in a way, like surrender to myself and just be like, you know what, I can do it. And, and that to me is such an important yeah, lesson. It is for sure. And I think, honestly, I believe that that is a hell of a lot tougher than tuning out the external noise of all the naysayers, the haters, all of their bullshit and the opinions of others. This one right here, tuning out the internal noise and mm-hmm. believing in yourself, I think is so much tougher. I think that if you can get past that barrier, if you can jump that hurdle of believing in yourself and quieting the demons within your own head, then the external noise and the external opinions and all of those things are nothing. You can overcome that very easily if you can get past quieting the inner demons. Mm-hmm. So, so true. I totally, I totally agree with you. So as you know, as I know now, I haven't been in the entrepreneurial game as long as you have, but being an entrepreneur is not for the faint of heart. It's a tough journey, but in my opinion, it's incredibly rewarding. I honestly, I couldn't imagine doing anything else or going back to working for someone else. So what is the one piece of advice you would offer to someone who's thinking about making the leap into the world of entrepreneurship? Mm, Let me think. Okay. Okay. So it's embrace (laughs) failure. Don't be afraid of failure, right? Understand that failure is how we learn, right? Failure is almost the price of success. Understand that being afraid to fail will hold you back on your dreams, right? The most successful entrepreneurs out there embrace their failures. Like, I love to fail. It shows me that I'm going for big things, right? It shows me that I'm like trying, I'm on the edge. I'm on the edge and I'm doing different things. So like when I fail at something, I don't even like to use the word fail, but if I fail at something, it's like I just take what I can learn and I move on. But I think that that shows me how much I'm learning. So I think as an entrepreneur, you have to like, if you're scared, you're never going to take action. And I think the biggest thing holding entrepreneurs back is they're afraid to take action. They're afraid. What if this doesn't happen? What if that doesn't happen? And I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of things will not happen (laughs) and that is okay. And I think that understanding we don't need to be afraid of that. Like if you start to befriend failure don't be afraid of it then it changes everything because you're like oh I failed like I fail a million times a day like who cares right like it's just that is the attitude you need to succeed yeah exactly (laughs) yeah for sure and I think we could look at the flip side of that and say but what if we succeed Mm -hmm. what's going to happen right yes of course we're going to fail at things like you said that's how we learn and I like you don't like using the word failure either so I've turned to using the words life lessons or teachable moments Mm -hmm. instead of the word failure Mm mm-hmm For sure. For sure. There's something to learn always from everything. Always. 100%. We're constantly learning. We're constantly evolving as human beings. So failure is just part of the process. Mm -hmm. Asha, what drives, motivates, and inspires you to keep going, to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? (sighs) Well, honestly it's really helping empower people, right? It's I want to alleviate human suffering and I want to make the world a better place. And that is when I get up every single morning, that is my driving force. It's like what motivates me. See, when I started my whole journey in life, what I'd say that the thing, that pivotal moment that changed my life was 
when I was little and I went to India to see my extended family. And I noticed there was, you know, a huge disparity between the life I was living here in Canada and those of the people living in India and that that even relatively affluent people, you know, didn't have access to clean water, right? They were like, you know, people were like, my sorry, paternal grandparents home, like they're actually pumping water in the morning. And like, even like people on the streets were like lining up for miles, you know, even in the, within the city to get right. water from trucks and people in the, in the rural areas were literally walking miles a day. And I saw the huge disparity, especially for women and girls, like how they couldn't get an education, how they couldn't work because of lack of clean drinking water. So to me, it was like always seeing, first of all, how lucky I am. Like I didn't do anything. I was just born into this life, how lucky I am. And then to see like how people are suffering in the world. And it's just like that drives me to help, you know, to help empower people, to elevate them to alleviate that human suffering, that is what I wake up every single day. And I'm like, even no matter how many times I get knocked down, I'm like, this is why I'm doing this work. And that's what drives me. Yeah. Beautiful. As mentioned off the top, you're you're very focused on helping female entrepreneurs. So why is this mission of helping women so personally important to you? And why have you decided to focus on helping women entrepreneurs specifically? Mm, such great questions. So the first thing I want to say is, okay, money is how we change the world, right? So if we truly want to shift the world and lift people out of poverty right. and solve some of the world's biggest problems, we need lots and lots of money. And why women? We need more women in positions of power. If we truly want to make the world a more safe and equitable place, we really need women in those positions of power. Mm-hmm. There are lots of problems in the world that disproportionately affect women. And so we need more women with money, more women that have positions of power to make a difference, right? The more women with money means like the more buying power we have, the more money we had to put towards causes that matter to us. So for me, it's like, I've seen the disparity between, you know, there's so much disparity across the world, but between men and women, I think it's getting a lot better than it used to be. But I think that like, if we want to solve a lot of the issues, we need to have more powerful women who are, you know, championing causes. And I think money Like I learned very quickly that if we want to change the world, we need to have more women with money. And I think that to me is like a really important thing because it's like money creates change. You can have a great idea. You can have all the time. You can still make impact in the world without money, but to really, really create effective change that is sustainable, that's long-term change, you need to have that money to create it. So I think that that's one of the things I'm really passionate about is changing even the way people talk about money or feel about money. Because to me, money is simply a tool for change. I love money because <laughs> it creates change. And I want to help women because I need more and more women <laughs> to succeed, yes. right? So it's like, that is my driving force. Keeping with this same theme of women and entrepreneurship, what are your thoughts on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women-run businesses in terms of how it's evolved and how it's continuing to shift and evolve in today's day and age? Mm, Such a good question. So, you know, historically, right, we haven't had... When we started to come into business, it was like slowly women were coming in. Now we have a lot more women that are coming into business than ever before in history. Like it's a it's a lot more women are coming into business, but we do not have enough successful women entrepreneurs, right? Only one in five businesses with a revenue of 1 million or more are women owned. And only 4.2 of 
all women-owned businesses have a revenue of one million or more. And we really need to bring more and more women into business. But we also have to help women that are entering business to truly become successful. You know, we need to create that. And then we're seeing that slow increase in women-owned successful businesses, which is really great. Like there are more and more women that are becoming, like the numbers of women that are getting that million dollar mark are increasing, but we're not increasing at the level that we need to be increasing. But the reason we do not have that, right? Because it's, first of all, it's like as women entrepreneurs, we don't have as many like role models of successful women businesses. Their numbers are growing, but I think women think there are only few spots available to women, right? Women think they have to compete and wrestle their way to the top. Like women believe they have to be competitive and aggressive <laughs> to succeed. And I think historically women, we've had to fight for you know, yeah. so many of our rights. And what has happened is we have been conditioned Absolutely. to believe that it's not possible for us, right? We, we've been conditioned to believe that it's not there for us. And we hold the memory of generational scarcity within our bodies. And so what happens is we want to succeed, but if we want to succeed, we need to step out of the matrix, right? We need to step out of the matrix of believing that it's not possible for us, you know, that's conditioning yeah. that we believe it's not possible. And we must recognize the lies that we're telling ourselves because, you know, here's the thing, right? 95% of what we think, act, and feel comes from our subconscious mind. It's all pre-programmed into us. So if we want to succeed, we need to like from, you know, we've been generations yeah. generations, our moms, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, like she's on the maternals, like, you know, our great-grandma, our great-great-grandma, they've all, they all struggled. They've all fought. And so we think that we have to, and I think that that's one of the things, once we change that, we change our beliefs around it, we will see more and more women succeed. I think we need to change what we think, who we think we need to be as women (laughs) in business in order to succeed. And I think that, I think to me, that is what I'm seeing. Like there's a big shift, like more and more women are coming to business and we're seeing slow numbers of more women getting to those positions. Yeah but not enough. And we need to bring more women. And I think in a way we're sort of like holding ourselves back. For sure. I mean, I think there has been a shift. I mean, I come from a corporate background and I saw how women got treated in that world. But since I've stepped out of that world and into entrepreneurship, I have seen a definite shift in that mindset where the shift is happening away from the competition into a collaboration Mm. mindset and attitude and way of doing things. And that's what we need. And I agree with you. It's happening, but it's not happening at a quick enough pace. So what are your thoughts on this shift in mindset? And how do women, in in your opinion, continue to push through and continue to break down these ridiculous barriers and ways of thinking and this societal and patriarchal conditioning? That's really such a good question. Like, I think that's part of what I do within my consulting business is I part of, you know, I do, I help them with the strategy side of of succeeding in business, but also the mindset side of like shifting through these beliefs around women succeeding in, you know, about how to be successful, like what it means to be successful, right? It's about rewiring those limiting beliefs that are keeping women from their success. And I think, you know, in order to really create this shift, we really have to do really the subconscious mind work in order to really help women recognize that the way to success is through collaboration, not competition. It's that we do not have to fight tooth and nail to get what we want. And I think part of the problem is, Like, honestly, I'm seeing this more and more. You know, I've been at a lot of tables. I came from the tech industry where I was at tables with mostly men, 
mostly white men. And it was like, I really saw the problem. Yeah. And I know, and I know what it brings out in us too. And we, as women, I think that like, we think that we, first of all, we have to compete with men, but we also have to compete with women. There's only a few spots for us, right? We have to like be aggressive and competitive. I think that if we learn to collaborate and stop competing all the time, you know, that is going to shift. And I think that how we do that is through shifting our beliefs around what it means. Like there's even like women who are afraid to go into business or afraid to really take action (laughs) towards their business because they're like, oh, I have to be competitive. I have to be aggressive. I have to be like this person I don't want to be. So I think that even who we believe we have to become to succeed is the problem, right? It's like, there I hear a lot of women that I talk to and I work with, they're like, they're coming from that mindset. It's like, I don't want to be sleazy. Right. I, I don't want to be like that nor does it see. I don't want to be yeah. this type of person. So I think it's about changing that mindset. And so a lot of the work, like no matter how much strategy I work with people, if we do not do the subconscious mind work, nothing will change. Nothing will shift, right? Because people were controlled. Ninety-five percent of what we do is controlled sure. by a subconscious mind. So I think that only if we change the belief around what it takes, you know, who we have to be as women to succeed, how we have to act. If we change that and start to believe in ourselves, I think that will change yeah. things. Mm-hmm. That's the catalyst right there. So what would you say then, or do you think that that, or what is one of the most significant barriers to female leadership? Would you say that's it? What we just discussed there? Yeah. Like it's ourselves. <laughs> I think women, we are holding ourselves back because of our beliefs around what is possible, right? We need to stop sabotaging our way to the top. You know, authentic women are going to change the world. It's authenticity, right? It's about who are you? This will only happen if women realize that there's so much opportunity for us, especially in business. Business is such a beautiful opportunity for women. Like succeeding in business is totally possible for women. And I think the only thing stopping women from succeeding in business specifically is our ourselves it's like we can make the rules right in our own businesses we make the rules so we don't have to let you know the patriarchy or the systems hold us back we can create that success within ourselves so you know really for people like to hire the right mentor and get help with that and that is really you know and change your beliefs i think that is how they're going to change right you know like the most significant barrier is definitely ourselves and we have to be not afraid to ask for help and i think that's the key right to like really get through that barrier And I think so many women yeah. that they're struggling with that. And I think that when we realize that we're the one, the only, like, I think that people, we have to start to come to realization that we have to step up and that is how we're going to succeed. For sure. Mm-hmm. What advice do you have for women looking to grow either their own business or within a company that they're working for? Mm. My biggest advice is to take action. So if there's something you want to go do or go after, just go after it no matter what, right? Go for your dreams. If you are facing a problem, ask for help. And like, I see so many women waiting on their dreams, right? They're like, I just think that people have to stop being afraid of taking that action, going, you know, it's scary. Yes, it feels uncomfortable. But if you want to get better, if you want to do something, don't be afraid of really taking that action. Don't be afraid of, you know, investing in yourself and getting support to help you. Don't be afraid to just like 
just go out there and go for your dreams. I think it's like, it's all about action. Like I think I see so many women who are struggling to take action. Like they want to be successful. They want to have a business, but I see so many women that are just not even like they they are saying for years, they want to run a business and they're just not doing it. Or they want to go up in their company and they want to ask for a raise, but they're hesitant to ask for it. Right. And it's like, if you want something, take action. Don't be afraid, right? Just take that action. That action is how we move forward. And I think that is everything. For sure. So with you being a women's empowerment advocate, what do you do to empower yourself and other women? Mm. So for myself, I really believe in, you know, taking care of myself every day. So what I mean by that is I work on myself every single day. I work every day on tearing down my old paradigms and beliefs. I work on getting better every single day, right? It's like a me versus me game. I'm just like getting better every single day. I'm working on what are the beliefs that are holding me back? You know, what are the actions I'm not taking? I don't ever act like a victim. I know there is a solution to every single problem and I take action. So I think for me, it's like I am working on myself every single day. And I think that is, for me, that's how I empower myself because I'm like, I am I am on my leading edge and I'm getting better and better. And for other women, obviously, like I do that through all of my businesses, right? So whether it's, you know, every day I'm working with women through my consulting business, I'm helping the women to scale their businesses, you know, make consistent sales, have automated sales systems, work on their mindset to really help them actually succeed, right? After building three successful businesses myself, one of the ways in which I think that I can and I am truly changing the world is through helping more women, you know, become wealthy and successful and believe in themselves. And also through my nonprofit work that I do. So I I have a nonprofit organization that I co-founded with my sister. It's called Water Wellness Project. And we provide water and sanitation facilities to people in Mm -hmm. need across the world. And so every single day, we're empowering people. So I think, and water specifically affects women and girls disproportionately, right? Like, because they're the ones who are fetching the water every day. They're the ones who can't get an education. Even girls, once they reach puberty, in these countries where they don't have access to water in their schools, they can't even go to school. So it's like, it's really like, it limits women and girls in so many ways. So everything I do in all my businesses, they're all working towards empowering women and girls. So that's the work I do for others. And as I said, for myself, I just work doing that work every single day on myself. I love it. Speaking of empowerment, what does that word mean to you specifically? Mm, Empowerment means helping people to help themselves. So it's not a handout. It's a helping hand. It's helping people have the belief in themselves. So empowerment to me is about helping people help themselves. Beautifully said. I love it. You've been recognized by your peers in your industry with awards, accolades for your innovations, talent, and entrepreneurial skills. What do those accolades mean to you on a personal level, Asha? Mm. So for me, I would say it's an indicator that what I'm doing has an impact. You know, it gives more awareness to the causes that I'm working on. It gives a platform to spread the message. So to me, it's really about you know, actually knowing that what I'm doing is making an impact and that I'm getting more, you know, awareness about what are the causes I'm working on. So that that's really what I think it means to me. And how important is that recognition by your peers to you 
in your industry, in the work you're doing? Hmm. So to be honest, I really don't care so much about recognition per se, but I look at these things as opportunities to spread the word. So everything I do, honestly, it's not about me. I'm the servant to the cause. So I'm here really to affect change in this world. So anything that serves that, you know, I feel is a plus. So I mean, like, Getting recognized helps me spread that awareness. But it's for me, it's not really about the glory. I really could care less about like, you know, an award or this and that for the sake of the award. It's more that I'm able to get, you know, right. awards allowed me, for example, when I won top 20 under 20 in Canada, I it allowed me to be featured in national newspapers, in national television. It helped me to get featured in all sorts of magazines. It helped me to get people to, you know, support my research. It helped me to, you know, spread the word about water issues in the world. It helped me to raise funds, you know, to help, you know, provide water and sanitation facilities to people in need across the world. It wasn't that I cared about being named, you know, one of Canada's top 2020. It's great, but it was the effect that it caused for me. It's that it created awareness and it helped me to reach more people. That's for me the most important thing. It's the platform that it builds, that it provides for you to get the message, get your message out into the world and reach a wider audience. Absolutely, yeah. So you're very big on philanthropic work. And you are a philanthropist, Asha. So I'm curious to know how important as an entrepreneur is that work of giving back and mentoring in terms of a feeling of responsibility or obligation to the up and coming people entering into entrepreneurship? Hmm. To me, I th- I really believe it's everything. So it's really, really important for me. Like entrepreneurship is a great way to affect change in this world. And I really think the more and more entrepreneurs we create, the more and more impact we can create in the world. You know, because entrepreneurship, it's not just necessarily for profit. It's also nonprofit. So we can do or for it or we can say for purpose, right? It's like entrepreneurship is a way in which we can get money into hands of people, but also in the way we can actually create solutions to some of the world's biggest problems. So I really believe that every business owner that we're helping to create, every person that's coming up, it is part of my responsibility. If I want to create change in this world, it all adds up. If I can help thousands of women, millions of women to create businesses, Really, that means that that many more women are going to go create change in the world. It's like a, it all adds up to me. And I think that for me, using all that I've learned, because for me, it's been a roller coaster over so many years. And if I can help somebody not make the same mistakes that I did, learn from what I did wrong and how I got better, then I'm creating a bigger effect on this world. I'm making life easier for people and I'm helping change the world. And to me, that is everything. So I think for me, I feel a deep responsibility. It's not necessarily an obligation per se, but a deep responsibility because if I am doing the cause that I'm here to do, which is to, to help people, you know, to help solve some of the world's biggest problems, helping people become entrepreneurs and succeed is such an important thing. And there's a quotation that I always love to say. It's from Gandhi. It says the difference between what we do and what we're capable of doing would suffice to solve most of the world's problems. And I truly, truly believe in that quotation Mm. that that like governs my life. I love that. It's like, we have to take action. We have to do things. We have to just go for our dreams. And the more and more people that, that can do that, the world's going to be a better place. So to me, that it's so important. 
Yeah. And I love that you said that it's been a roller coaster for you being on this journey as an entrepreneur, because I think that that is part of the problem with entrepreneurship in terms of not having enough discussion around the downsides of entrepreneurship, because it's not all, let's be honest, it's not all wonderful puppy dogs, ice cream and rainbows all the time. There is a downside to things that I mean, solopreneurship is lonely, but I think that we as entrepreneurs and this place into the responsibility part of it too, in my opinion, is that we need to have those conversations around the other side of entrepreneurship because it's not always upside. It's not always positive. There are negative things to it. There are downsides to it. There are struggles. And I don't think that those get talked about enough. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. It's not discussed enough. And I think we as entrepreneurs who are in this world already, I think honestly, it's, it's, somewhat of a responsibility of ours to help educate the new wave of entrepreneurs that are coming into the entrepreneurial world. Mm -hmm. I truly believe. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, it is our responsibility. I think that we can make their life easier. And I think like make a quicker path for their success, but also we can make their life easier. We can help them reach more people, have a bigger impact. And I think that understanding, yeah. they don't have to make the same mistakes, right? Why does everyone have to make the same mistakes over yeah, and over again? Yeah, exactly. We have the knowledge, so why not help? Yeah, why not share that knowledge? And if we can prevent other people from going through the same struggles or making some of the same mistakes we made, why wouldn't we help them? I mean, really, I think that's a responsibility as human beings is to support one another and lean on one another and lift each other up. So if we can prevent someone from making the same mistakes we made, why wouldn't we? That's just being a human being. Yeah, that's truly what it is, right? It's like, it's all about helping others. Like it's not, people don't have to struggle and suffer. And I think that if we as humans, like absolutely, I agree with it. It's we all need to lean on each other. We need to spread this information from, you know, person to person to person and learn from each other and work together to help reach our dreams. And I think that like, that's why the coaching, consulting and service-based energy is such a beautiful thing that we can actually support each other. And I think that there is a big conversation to be had about like what is the purpose of it right the purpose of it is that we don't want other people just to fail or yeah. to struggle like and we're all going to fail but we don't want people to like struggle the way we do if we can help you make that easier why not right it's like that is what i'm doing this consulting yeah, work i'm absolutely. doing i don't have to do it i'm doing it because i know that it's going to to make a really big impact if people don't have to go through all the hoops or hurdles that I had to go through and we can make it faster yeah. for them and make their life more enjoyable and help them reach their dreams faster. Absolutely. So Asha, at the age of 12, you invented a water purification technology that revolutionized the water tech industry. At the age of 13, you applied for your first patent then applied for your second patent at the age of 14. This is incredibly mind-blowing to me and just speaks to how driven you actually are. When most kids at that age would be outside playing with their friends, all of those things, needless to say, the things that you were doing, I mean, I'm sure there weren't very many 12, 13, 14-year-olds applying for patents patents and whatnot at that age. So could you share a little bit about what your childhood was like? Were you also, in addition to all of this, did you have that quote unquote normal childhood out playing with your friends and doing all the things that kids at that age were doing? <laughs> Great question. First of all, there's context we need to give here. It's that any child of Indian yep. immigrants will tell you that we're in everything. So <laughs> we are expected to do all the extracurriculars. So as a kid, <laughs> I was doing like I was 
you know, in sports, I was learning music. I was doing Indian classical dancing. <laughs> I was doing science fairs as I got older. Oh, I was inventing man. things. I was in all sorts of different organizations and this and that. But I also was doing a lot of fun things too. And I think for children of immigrants, anybody listening out there that's the child of immigrants or the child, especially the child of Indian immigrants, they'll tell you this is like what was expected of us. And I think it was really like we were doing a lot of things. We were, you know, constantly busy, but it made us really well-rounded. So now, you know, I, I know three different instruments. I can play the piano, the clarinet, and the violin. You know, I'm a classically trained Indian dancer. You know, I've been exposed to a lot of different things. I got into like, you know, nonprofit work young. I really started to develop as a person. I think, I mean, obviously I was very busy and that, you know, that has its challenges. But I think what happened with the beauty of it was that I really got to, you know, really experience a lot of different things and develop as a person. And then now I can say when I look back on it, I'm like, that was challenging. But I think that it helped me sort of turn into the person that I am today. It helped me become me because I, all those things are part of my personality. And I think that it helped me. And I think that drive is what you know, obviously not every kid out there is inventing what I invented. Obviously not every kid's in science for us. I used to, right. with the technology that I invented, I also did like work with fuel cells and all sorts of things like that. I won three gold medals and three, three <laughs> silver medals at national science fairs all while from grade six to 12, I was doing science for competitions. And so those things, it's all wow. part of the drive that I have. It's because like, yeah. for me, it, yeah. it was all me versus me. And it was like, I was trying to be, get better and better and better. I was trying to do more things, you know, helping others that helped me develop my personality of who I am today. All that stuff that I did as a kid, it created the person you see today that, you know, this person that is still so ambitious, still going after things, still trying to change the world. And I think that so, although it was a different, you know, children and immigrants, like they'll be doing a lot of things. They won't necessarily be doing like science fair competitions necessarily, or doing the, <laughs> the scientific work that I was doing may not be what everybody was doing. But I think busy is a common thing. I think that right. the scientific aspect and the, the doing that sort of the philanthropy work, I think that that was specific to the values that my family instilled in me as a kid. And so, yeah, I, I guess it would say unique to me, but I did have fun as a kid, right? And you would still see me playing outside. As I got okay. older, less and less, maybe a little bit. Like, you know, as I got into high school yeah. years, I was very busy. <laughs> but I think that <laughs> yeah, I did have I'm a sure. childhood, but it was, it, it was definitely different than maybe the average person. <laughs> Can you speak very briefly about each of the three businesses that you run? Sure. And that you founded? Mm -hmm, sure. So the first business I have, that one is I'm working to commercialize that water purification technology that I invented. So it is, you know, using sun and seawater to produce clean drinking water. So it's not using any external energy sources, but I was able to make it really efficient and really cost effective. So it's cheap to run. So I'm working on commercializing that. And that's, so that's one of my businesses. Another business I have is Water Wellness Project. It's a nonprofit okay. organization. For that one, we actually raise money to provide water and sanitation facilities. You can think of that as like wells, toilets, pumps, and water, anything related to water and sanitation. Yeah. We provide to people in need in, across the world. We do that through microfinance. So that's really about empowerment. 
And then my other business is my consulting business. And so what I do is I work with women entrepreneurs to help them really quantum leap their businesses um, to really, you know, scale their businesses and succeed so that they can, you know, live the life of their dreams, but also have a massive impact on this world. And so for me, it's about really helping them to have that success. And, and I do that through both through, you know, actually like technical strategy, about like how to build your business, how to grow your business, how to have an automated sales system within your business, but also through the mindset work. So through all of that work, I help them do the subconscious brain work to really, you know, really rewire their brains to, to actually be successful. Yeah. So that's kind of what I do. Incredible. I don't know <laughs> how the hell you have the time. <laughs> do you sleep? <laughs> I do. I'm pretty devoted to my sleep actually. <laughs> Asha, what would you say are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Mm, top three skills. Okay. So the first one is decision making. You have to be really good at making decisions. The second one is grit. So your ability to accept, you know, to accept failure and deal with it, you know, deal with hard times. That's super important. And the third one would be attitude. Do you look at the world as positive or do you look at it as negative, right? How do you take things? How do you handle things? Your attitude. So yeah, so decision-making, grit, and attitude. Now, what would you say is the most entrepreneurial thing about you? <laughs> that's a good question. I would say is that entrepreneurship is in my blood. I think that's really the most entrepreneurial thing about me. It's like yeah. generations of it. So I think that I, I would say that. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I would have to say determination. I think that was the thing for me that like, no matter what, I went after it. I didn't let anything stop me. It was just like, no matter how many hurdles I faced, no matter how many obstacles, I was so determined to go for my dreams. And I think that was one of the, one of the only reasons why I think I've succeeded is just because I'm just like my eye, eyes on the prize. And I just go for what I want, no matter what. So I think yeah. determination, absolutely. Speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Mm, to me, it's growth, getting better every single day, right? It's just that constant evolving and getting better. To me, that is success. Okay, we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions is just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing, okay? Sure. How would you describe yourself in one word? Compassionate. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? How to change your beliefs so that you can achieve anything you wanted. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? World peace. What is one thing you've always wanted to do in life but never have? Open a winery. <laughs> ah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, never, there's there's on your list that. of things <laughs> to do, right? Yep. <laughs> Excited for that. It's one of those dreams that I have. Well, there you go. Hey, if you can dream it, you can do it, right? Absolutely. I visit wineries very often because of that. <laughs> to soak in the knowledge and figure out how you're going to do it better. Yeah. And believe in it and feel it. Yeah. There you go. I love it. What was your very first job? Babysitting. Entrepreneur life is? Freedom. <laughs> Yes, it definitely is. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? Mm, that's a good, good question. I'd say The Leader Who Had No Title by Robin Sharma. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> what 
is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after you learned it? Hmm. Okay. So I would say it would be how to change my beliefs. I think that was the biggest thing that I ever learned because, you know, we're so programmed. So I think before I learned how to change my beliefs, like I was letting my beliefs run my life. So as a kid, it was different, right? You're taking it all in, right? By the time you're six or seven, you've already formed much of your subconscious mind. But as I was growing up, you know, and as I got into adulthood, I think that before I learned how to change my beliefs, I was really running based on my programming. And, you know, I would have all of these things that would go wrong and I would not be able to achieve the things that I wanted. And I was wondering why was that? And so I had a lot of like, I would say ups and downs because I didn't know how to change my beliefs around things. I didn't realize they were blocking my success. So I would say before I learned to change my beliefs, my, my life was very much a roller coaster, even though, you know, on the outside, it may have looked shiny. I was going through a lot internally in my life. And so when I learned how to actually do the subconscious work and change my beliefs, Beliefs, then I started to become almost like a success magnet. My success came more easily to me. I was able to take more control of my life. It was able to actually achieve what I wanted. And, you know, it was less obstacles in the way to what I was doing. So I think for me, that was the biggest thing. I think that was the number one thing in life that, right. that I've learned because I think beliefs are everything. If you do not know, there's a lot of people out there teaching how to change your beliefs, but it's a lot of it is like, you know, the conscious stuff where like, it's really about your subconscious mind that you need to work on. And I think that it's kind of like the thing that everybody has to learn in life. If you learn that your life will change. But I think that I've tried so many things until I figured out how to do it. I tried it all. But once I did learn how to, I would say yeah. it just opened up my life completely. So do you have one tip you could provide then for people who want to make that change? What is mm -hmm. one thing you would suggest they do? So I would think the, the first thing I would recommend to do is start to become aware of your thoughts. Start to become aware of what you're thinking on the daily basis. Like keep a thought journal and just write it all out. So I think that awareness is the first step to changing your beliefs because you may not even realize what are the things you're believing? What are the things you're thinking? And then the other thing would be like to ask this one question to yourself is like, what's the worst that would happen? So like if you're going after something, you want to know what is the belief right. that's stopping you? What's the worst that could happen here? And then that will start to help you uncover some of the layers. But I think the first thing is awareness. I think once we start to become aware of what we're thinking on a continuous basis, everything will start shifting because that awareness creates the openness to start to, to shift and, and change those beliefs. Excellent. What would you say is one of your biggest, we'll use that F word, failures, or we'll call it life lessons or teachable moments. And what did you learn from it? <laughs> yeah, you know me well. No talk about failure. But the biggest failure I would, failure if we're going to call it, was actually one of the very first water projects that we were trying to do when we went to India. So this is when we first were running informally. We weren't like an official nonprofit yet at this time. We, we were just two sisters who, you know, sold samosas at like festivals and raise money. And then we went to India to build a water well. Like this was like two sisters just on a mission. And when we went to India, actually, we went, yeah. to, a, we went to a village and we were going to build a well for them. It was a, it was a tribal community. And we talked to the community. We got excited about it. We planned it. And then, you know what? We found out that the rig truck couldn't go up the mountain. So therefore, we couldn't do the project in that community. And that was the 
biggest, we were so sad. And what I learned from that, I learned so much from that. The first thing was that, you know, planning logistics, you should really plan the logistics ahead of time, really think about these things before you kind of like go and talk to the people and and get them involved because it it broke our hearts, right? That we we made them hopeful and then we couldn't do it. And the second thing was about taking sort of like control as a woman. So I think that like in India, it's a very patriarchal society. Like in India, especially like for women, you have to kind of be a little bit louder in order to actually be taken seriously. And I think that we let some of the people that were, you know, they're older than us. They were sort of telling us what we should, how we should be doing things and kind of, you guys are kids, you guys are girls, like kind of listen to us. And we kind of didn't take as much of the steering wheel as we should have. And I think I really learned at that point where like when things are important, you really have to stand up and take charge. And I think for me, that was a really important leadership lesson because I think that although, you know, being a leader is also listening to your team and learning from them, but it's also knowing sometimes that you have to take charge in the end, like you have to be in control of what happens because if my sister and I had taken more control in that moment, we wouldn't have had the same situation. We would have looked at it first. We would have thought about it first, but we kind of let someone else kind of take control of that situation a little bit. And I think that it really taught us great business lessons before we were even in business, <laughs> you know, just about like how to plan projects and how to really <laughs> just be a strong leader, right? And just, you know, really stand up for yourself and do what you know is important. And don't be afraid sometimes to be a little loud. You know, sometimes there is a place for it because if people don't listen, you know, sometimes you have to. And I mean, India is one of those countries that I love the country. And, yeah, and absolutely. It's really important. But I think that for women to be taking leadership roles, you really have to take charge and not be afraid to be seen you know, a little bit, you know, you shouldn't care what they think of you because you know, you're doing it for the right reasons. And I think that it taught me some big lessons. (laughs) Asha, who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? It'd be my sister, my little, my younger sister. So she's four and a half years younger than me. She's my absolute hero. Honestly, she's gone through so much adversity in her life, but the amount of success and what she's done with her life. Like she's a pediatric emergency room doctor. She is doing her fellowship right now, but like she's gone through so much, you know, challenges in life. And I think that her tenacity, her grit, her perseverance, how she's gone after her dreams. And she just like, you know, she's one of those people that, that she's so determined. She's so on purpose. Even since I was little, I looked up to her, right? Even though she's my younger sister, I've always admired her because she's so determined. And so I find that she teaches me things all the time. And so I'm so proud to be her sister and just really like (laughs) admire her for everything she's, everything she's persevered through. She's amazing. What is your why? So my why is, is really, it's about, empowering people my why is changing the world to make it a better place it's really about helping alleviate suffering i just want to leave the world a better place than when i came into it (laughs) and that is that that is my why that's what drives me if you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman any woman in the world who would it be and why Hmm. very good question there's a lot of great women out there But you know who I would say? I would actually say Serena Williams. And the reason why for that is because, you know what? She had to go through so much adversity. She had to fight so hard for her dreams. You know, she's incredibly 
talented. She honed her skills. She got so good at it. She had to deal with so much. But like, I, I love to talk to people who are at the top of their game and to really understand the mindset that they have in order to do what they do. To really understand like, how did she handle the situation she handled? How did she keep her mind sharp, even though there was so much coming at her? So I would really like, it's not, I mean, I'm not really that much into sports, but I love tennis. And it's one of those things when I see, you know, somebody who's so good at her game and just, I, when I see greatness like that, I just, I'm like, I'm like, I want to understand how you think. (laughs) I want to understand how you do your life. Like what is it about it that helps you be that amazing? I think I would, it'd be so interesting to sit down with her. She is a powerhouse for sure. And what she's overcome is massive and, and, what she's managed to accomplish. It's just so inspiring and incredible. I know. So amazing. It's just, it's awe-inspiring. It is. It is. Asha, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Don't let the outside world influence how you think, act, and feel. So be you no matter what. Very, very wise words and wise advice. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? There are no limits to human potential. What you believe will become your reality. So go after what you want with all your might, put your all into it, and you can achieve anything that you desire. Beautifully said. Wonderful way to end the interview. Asha, thank you so very much for making and taking the time to be here today to chat with me and share all about your story, your journey, your accomplishments, and all the amazing work and things you've put out into the world. I appreciate you and I am honored and so happy and excited to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. So thank you just for being the amazingly inspiring woman that you are and keep shining your bright, beautiful light onto the world with all that you do. Thank you so much, Brad. Honestly, it's been, it's an honor to be on your podcast and it's been a pleasure talking with you. And that was so much fun and I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast today. My guest has been Asha Supaya. She is an award-winning entrepreneur, philanthropist, and business scaling and sales consultant. Thank you again so very much, Asha. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.